With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Kedushin Daf Mem Tes. We begin at the very bottom of Meches Amun Beis, page 48b. Two lines from the bottom, towards the end of the line. Amar Abayi says, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Lazar, Kulu Sirlehu Mar Makom Hulo. All three of these Tanam, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, and Rabbi Lazar, they all hold the concept of Mar Makom. Mar Makom explains Rashi. So let's say you send a messenger to do a certain job, and it's a difficult job, but you want to make it lighter for him, and you say to him, you know, you can do it in this easier way. If he chooses to do it in a harder way, so you didn't actually mean to say that you specifically want it to be done in the easier way, you were just doing that to lighten his load. And therefore, it's called Mar Makom Hulo. You're just showing him a way to do it. You're giving him the easier way out, but if he chooses to do it the more difficult way, it's also fine. So now, Rabbi Shimon Hadamaran. Rabbi Shimon is that which we said in the Mishnah, which is the case that we explained uh, most recently in the Gemara, which was that uh, the woman send, sent a messenger to receive a silver dinar, a silver coin, to, to, for her to be married with. And what did he bring back? He brought back a golden coin. So when she said that she wants a silver coin, she was just trying to make it easier for him. But uh, but she wasn't mocked, but she didn't specifically want a silver coin. She's happy with a golden coin as well. Rishim Gamliel does not. Rishim Gamliel is the following that we learned in the Mishnah. Now onto the top of Memtesimadalaf. So two different types of divorce documents. One is written in a regular way. So there you sign the witnesses on the inside. However, there's a different type of divorce document which is given, uh, a Kohen gives his wife, where we, where we make it take longer and it's done in a more difficult way. So that, because once he divorces her, he can't ever remarry her. So we make it something that's quite difficult for him to do. So what happens is they write a line and they fold it over and they sign the witness, one witness on the back. Then they write another line, they fold it over and they sign the witness on the back. So, so such a such a type of get has the witnesses signed on the back. Let's say you have a regular type of document which is being written for a non kohen and you wrote the witnesses on the back. Let's say you have a, a folded document that you're tying up, that you're writing the witnesses on it, and you wrote them on the inside instead of on the, on the outside. So the Tanakam says, both of these cases, you wrote the witnesses in the wrong place, and therefore, it's no good. Let's say you have a document that's, that's being tied, and you wrote the witnesses on the inside. It's okay. Why? Because you could easily open it up and make it into a regular get should a straight cat, and therefore it's going to be kosher. Rishim Gamaliel says, Everything goes according to the way of the custom of that place. We're going to see what this means soon. But we discussed about this. Is it true that the Tanakhama does not hold of this that Rabbi Hanin Gamaliel says that it goes by the Minigamadina, whatever the custom of that place is? Rav Ashi says, No, that can't be the Pshat. We're talking about a place where the normal custom is to make it open. And, and Akiva Teichtal, Rabbi Akiva Teichtal explained to me that we're talking about over here is actually, we're not just talking about a divorce document, but it's also possible to talk about this in regards to a regular document, for instance, where you have, let's say, someone trying to sell something to someone else, and the person who's the buyer is not sure if he really wants to buy that thing, but the person who's selling is pushing, 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 he's saying, I want the document now, if you want to buy it, you have to buy it now. So the so the so you could have a get makusher, a document that's being tied up to give the person who's buying it the opportunity to be able to think it through and decide if he really wants to do this. So now, so if you have a place where the normal ways to do it with a document that's open, but what did you do? You did it tied up. Let's say the place where the custom is to do it with a tied up document, and you did it with an open document. Everyone agrees that certainly over there that you did something wrong, and it's not going to be good. We're talking about a place where there's an argument where, they, where the custom of the place is to do it both different types of ways.
of ways to make this document either open or tied up. So now the guy says to his messenger, I want you to make this document for me uh, an open document. He's trying to make it easier for him because to write a makusher, to write a document that's being tied up is more of a big deal. What did the guy do? The messenger went and he made it to be tied up. So the Tanakhama holds that in fact if you did it the wrong way, if you did it not like the person who sent you said to do it, so then it's going to be problematic. But Rabbi Shimei Gamaliel holds no. He's just showing him, he's just trying to make his load easier. He's trying to make his load lighter. So therefore if he doesn't do what he was told to do, he, he didn't mean I only wanted to be a get pusher to be straight out. He was fine to do it even, even if it's tied up. He just wanted to make it easier for the messenger. Therefore, so we see Rabbi Shimei Gamaliel also holds Mar and now we have the third sheet, which is Rebbe Lazar, the Tanan. We learned in a Mishnah, Ha'isha Sha'amar Eskabal Ligiti. Woman who says to a messenger, Receive my get, my divorce document, Memakam Ploni, in a certain place. Vikibal Ligiti Memakam Acher. And he went to a different place. Puzzle. So the Tanakam holds that it's problematic. Rebbe Lazar Machshir. However, Rebbe Lazar says that it's fine. We can deduce that he holds here again this concept that he, she was trying to say to him, go to this place, which is not such a big deal to go there. But instead he went to a more difficult place for him to go. So clearly it's fine because she just means to lend his load and he chose, if he wants to, he can choose to, to do something which is more difficult. Amar Ula. Ula says, In the mission where we talk about whether or not if there was a mistake which was a positive mistake, for instance, where, where she thought that she's getting a silver coin and she ended up getting a golden coin. So in that case, Rabbi Shimon said that it's, that it's fine that they're considered married. That's only in regards to something which is a monetary value, a monetary gain. If the gain that we're talking about is a gain that has to do with lineage, everyone will agree that they're not considered married. My time, huh? What's the reason? Because she'll say like this, I don't need a shoe that's bigger than my foot. Meaning, I expected to get a poor guy. I'm, I'm a she knows herself. She knows the woman herself knows that she's a she has the social status of a poor woman. She's not interested in a richer guy, or she knows that she can handle the type of honor she has to give to a levy. But a kohen, such a, a priest, is somebody she has to give extra uh, honor to. So she doesn't feel like that she that's appropriate for her. So if there's a shevach yuchsim, a a gain, so to speak, that has to do with lineage. So that's not something that she's interested in, even if it's positive. Tanya nami we have a brisa that implies this as well. Bishimin agrees him hita shevach yuchsim if the mistake was a positive one in regards to lineage, they're not considered married. You can actually deduce this from the Mishnah itself, because it said in the Mishnah, if let's say she says, let's say he says, on the condition that I'm a Kohen, it turns out that he's a Levi, and he says that I'm a Levi, and it turns out to be a Kohen, he says that I'm a certain type of Nosen, uh, which is a, a Jew, or not clear if he's a Jew, or if he's not a Jew, it's a certain kind of psul, certain kind of problematic Jew, and it turns out that he's a bastard, or he says that I'm a bastard, but it turns out to be a nasin. What do we see in that case? That Rabbi Shimon does not argue in that case. The only case that he argues is in a case where there was a monetary advantage. Masif Lamar Barav Ashi. Marlison Barav Ashi asked the following question. This is as it says in the Mishnah. On the condition that I have a daughter or a grown-up maidservant and he doesn't have it. He says, I don't have one. And then it turns out that he does have one. What's the case? It's a case of monetary advantage. And we see that why Rabbi Shimon does not argue in that case. Ella, so what's the explanation? He does argue. He argues in the first case and the last case. So to over here. He, he also argues in the case whether we're talking about where the, monetary, the advantage of monetary or whether we're talking about an advantage that was Yuxim. 
says that's not a good proof. It's possible to say when we're talking about two things that are similar. For example, the advantage of a monetary advantage. So it could be that he didn't they didn't have to write it a second time because it's the same type of thing. However, where we're talking about a totally different type of advantage, which is a, 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 an advantage of lineage. So the polygnisni. This is something that if he argued on it, he should have said it explicitly. Another explanation. This case too is talking about a case where you have better lineage, so to speak. I Meaning we're not talking about a monetary advantage. Who says that when we said that she, that he has, he says that he has nothing, but it turns out that he does indeed have some kind of shivcha megudelis, a maidservant that's grown. My megudelis, God loss. When we say that she's megudelis, it doesn't mean that she's grown. Rather, it means that she's a very popular and famous maidservant. Damrahi, because she says to herself, I'm not interested in such a maidservant. The shakla minoi. She's going to take whatever words she hears by me. She's going to go walk it around, pedal around what I say in the house to all of my neighbors. That's why she's not interested, but it's not indeed talking about any kind of advantage monetarily. We learned that by Amanasha Let's say the guy says, uh, I'm marrying you on the condition that I'm a reader. I'm someone who knows how to read the Torah. As soon as he reads three verses in the in the shul, in the synagogue, so they're considered married. So the so Rabbi Huda says, we're not talking about a person who just has the ability to read, but it actually has to be somebody who also can read and also knows how to translate. What, he's going to translate from his own mind? We have a b'risa that says, Someone who translates the verses as they appear. So he's a liar. Someone who adds onto the verses, meaning when he's translating, he adds things onto the, onto the translation. This guy is considered a heretic. What are we talking about when we say that he has the ability to translate? He knows our Aramaic translation, which is the Uncle's translation, which we have we have it coming down as a tradition from Sinai. That's only if he said, I'm a reader. If he says, I am versed. Until he has the ability to read the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the writings uh, carefully. Let's say he says uh, on the condition that I'm a learner. How can you tell me the pshat is that he means when he says I'm a learner, he means Torah? Uh, we say in the in this brisa, what's considered Mishnah, what's considered learning? Rabbi Meir says it means learning the halachas of Mishnah. Rabbi Huda, I'm a medrash. Rabbi Huda says it's all the drushes. Rashi explains this is talking about sifra and sifri, the different midrashim that we have. We turn to Mentesim base. My Torah, so the Gemara answers, what does Rabbi Yechonim mean when he says Torah? Medrash Torah. He's referring to the drushes of the Torah that are in the Sifra and the Sifri. That's exactly what he's referring to. That's only if he said, I'm a learner. If he says, I am learned, until he knows the Halachal Meshmesinais, the Medrash, and all of the Braisias and the Mishnayas. Unless he says, on the condition that I'm a student, we don't say he has to be as great as these great students who were unmarried, these the Shimon ben Azay, Shimon ben Zoma, who knew a tremendous amount, they were intre- incredibly bright. Any person who has the ability to answer a question in that which he's learning, he says it right away, even if it's a light mesechta, a light learning, a light tractate, like mesechas kala.
Let's say he says on the condition that I am wise. We don't say that's be as wise as the great sages of Yavna and Rabbi Akiva and his friends. If you'll ask him a matter of wisdom any place and whatever he's learning, and he's able to say it. Explains the Tosusri Hazakin. This Chachma that we're talking about here is the ability to give an explanation to understand, uh, let's say, a Gemara in depth. So he doesn't have to know every single thing, every single place in the entire Talmud per se, but he has to be able to explain, uh, give you an understanding of what you're actually learning right now. Amanashani Gibor, that's he says, I'm marrying on the condition that I'm mighty. We don't see he has to be a mighty general. Anyone who his friends are fearful of him because of his strength. Amanashani Asher, let's say he says, on the condition that I'm rich. We don't say he has to be as rich as these great, incredibly wealthy people. Anyone, if, he, if, if his friends, the people in his city, they honor him because of his wealth, that's considered wealthy. So basically, all these things are relative. Amanashani Tzadik, let's say he says, I'm marrying on the condition that I'm a righteous person. Afilu Rasha Gamur, even if he's completely evil, Mekudashas, they're considered married. Why? Shamahir her Because perhaps in his heart he thought to do repentance, and therefore it's considered a completely righteous person. Amanashani Rasha, let's say he says on the condition that I'm evil. Afilu Tzadik Gamur, even if he's completely, uh, completely righteous person, Mekudashas. So they're considered married. Why? Shamahir her Dvar Avodas Kachav Medaitai. Because he might have thought of some idolatrous thoughts while he said that, and therefore he became a complete Russia immediately. Therefore we have to assume that indeed there may be a marriage here. The Gemara continues, Ten measures of wisdom came down into the world. None of them were taken by the land of Israel. And the last one, the last measure was dispersed throughout the entire world. Ten measures of beauty came down into the world. Nine of them were taken by Jerusalem. The last one was spread out into the entire world. Ten measures of wealth came down into the world. Nine of those measures were taken by Rome. The original Romans, and one was dispersed throughout the entire world. Ten measures of uh, poverty came down into the world. None were taken by Babylonia, and the other one was spread throughout the entire world. Ten measures of haughtiness came down into the world. None of them were taken by this place called Elam. The last one was dispersed throughout the entire world. The Gemara asks, Is it true that this haughtiness didn't go down to Babylonia? The verse says, I lifted up my eyes, and I saw, There were two women coming out, and there was wind in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork. And they brought the eifa, between the land and between the sky. And I spoke to the angel that was speaking within me. Where are they taking the Eifa? We're going to see what this Eifa is in a moment. And so the, the angel answered that is going, they're going to build a house in the land of Shinar. So what's Shinar? Shinar is, is a reference to Babylonia. What was this Eifa that they were taking? They were bringing flattery and haughtiness down into Babylonia. So we see that indeed it did go down to Babylonia. So how can you tell me it only went to Elam? The Gemara answers in Indeed, it did come down to here, meaning to Babylonia. And it stretched over into Elam. We can actually 
infer this from the actual words themselves, because it says in the verse, in order to build a house. Their intention was to build a house, but they didn't actually build that house, so to speak, in Babylonia, but rather it actually got built, the house of flattery and haughtiness got built in Elam. Shema, mean, that's good proof. And the Gemara asks, is it so? Mar said, If you want to have a sign to know that a place is haughty, so all you have to do is look for poverty. And we said that where's the poverty? Poverty is in Babylonia. So clearly there's going to be haughtiness there as well. Gemara says, no. What is the poverty that we're talking about? We're talking about poverty, a lack of Torah. The verse says, The verse says that we have a smaller sister, a younger sister, and she doesn't have any breasts. What are the breasts referring to? It's not literal. It's actually referring to the Torah because the Torah is a thing that gives yanika, gives sustenance, just like the breasts of a mother give sustenance to the baby. So to the Torah, gives sustenance to the people of Israel. So what's this referring to? Rabbi Yechonin says, This is reference to Elam. That in that place, so the people the sages there were able to learn but they were not able to teach so therefore since there was a lack of Torah there was a poverty in Torah learning and Torah teaching so therefore that's why there was a tremendous amount of haughtiness there as opposed to Babylonia where there was a tremendous tremendous amount of teaching so therefore there was no haughtiness there but there was poverty uh, physical poverty now the Gemara continues ten measures of strength came down to the world Nine of them were taken by the Persians, etc., meaning, and one of them was taken by the entire world. Ten measures of lies came down into the world. None of them were taken by Modai, and the other one was spread out to the entire world. Ten measures of magic came down into the world. None of them were taken by Egypt, etc. Ten measures of afflictions came down to the world. None of them were taken by pigs, etc. Ten measures of licentiousness came down to the world. None of them were taken by the Arabs, etc. Ten measures of mamzirs, of bastards, came down into the world. None of them were taken by the place called Mishan, etc. Ten measures of speech came down to the world. None of those measures were taken by women, etc. Ten measures of drunkenness came down to the world. None of them were taken by the people in Kush, place, etc. Ten measures of sleep came down to the world. None of them were taken by slaves. And one measure was taken by the entire world. We begin the Mishnah. Let's say the guy says, I'm marrying on the condition that I'm a Kohen. It turns out that he's a Levi. Or he says that he's a Levite, but he turns out to be a priest. He says he's a Nasan, but he turns out to be a bastard. He says he's a bastard, but he turns out to be a Nasan. Ben Ir Venimsa Mekrach, he says he's from the city, but he turns out to be from the big city. Ben Krach Venimsa Ben Ir, let's say he says he's from the big city, he turns out to be from the little city. Amanasha Basi Karv Lamerchatz, he says on the condition that my house is near to the bathhouse. Venimsa Rachak, it turns out that it's far. Rachak Venimsa Karv, he says it's far, but it turns out to be close. Amanasha Ishali Bas, a Shikhum Gudelis, he says on the condition that I have a daughter or a famous maid. Ve'inla, he doesn't have. Oy Amanasha Ainla Vishla, he says he doesn't have any does. Amanasha Ainla Bonam, he says he doesn't have any children. Vishla, he does. Amanasha Yeshla Bonam Ve'inla, or he says, that he does have and he doesn't have. In all these cases, even if she says that in my heart, I meant to be married to him in any event, despite the fact that he said that, even if even if it's not true. So they're not considered married. And it'll be the same halacha if she tricks him. We'll continue from here in the next Daily Daf with Hashem's help.